Welcome to the 10-week pro wrestling. What did I call this? Crash pro course. Crash course. 10-week. You pro had it. You were so close. You are right there. Ah, it doesn't matter. Anyway, my name's Jeff. I am a lifelong professional wrestling fan, and I'm going to introduce my co-host, Elliot. Say hi. Hi. That's Elliot. To professional wrestling. I'm going to teach him the terms, show him some matches, and hopefully at the end of this 10 weeks, I'll have created a brand new wrestling fan. I hope so, to be honest. You need wrestling in your life. I, I feel like I do need wrestling. I, we, I know we talked in the promo, but like my football season this year has not been great. My hockey season has been even worse. Um, so, like, I... I've been watching, like, right now it's Christmas time, so my wife and I for the last month, which started actually in November, even though it's, you Who know. Knew? Yeah. This, this will be releasing on January 30th, so just keep Oh, don't that worry. In mind. The Christmas <laughs> movies will still be being watched in my oh, house Lord. at that point. I feel sorry so, for you. Christmas is like a quarter of the year, easily, in our house, so. So I have a question for you. Yeah. While I was in 1987... Having Bobby the Brain Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon introduce me to people such as Mr. Perfect and Razor Ramon. What was I doing? What were you doing? Why well, Why aren't you on, a wrestling fan? What, what were you being a fan of? Well, on January 10th of 1987, I was born. Gross. So there is that. So, Goopiness but I, Look, I'm like 36 now, so it's not that gross. It just sounds gross. Yeah, it is. Especially uh, if I imagine you as you are now. Coming out covered oh, yeah. in that, placentia. Don't you think it's like weird that? Um, I mean, I know you're a little older than I am, but like I, that's one of those things between with you and me since we've never actually met in person in all these years. Like I don't associate. I'm not like, oh, Jeff's old. Well, I'm not Even old. The, oh, well, okay. Well, Jeff's old. And I'm, I'm like, that's crazy. I'm seven years older than you. I'm not that old. Yeah, it's crazy. It's insane. It's insane. Okay. Well, whatever. So <laughs> when. When did you become a fan of something? Like, what was your childhood? Uh, well, let me go back. I'll tell you what it is. I know what what mine was. Okay. It was video game. It was video games and mainly Pokemon. Okay, like that was Pokemon came out when I was in fourth, fifth grade. I remember my best friend. Um, I remember me picking up my best friend. My well, my mom picking up my best friend. And we were going to go to the skating rink because that was like what we our school did. Right, they had like skating parties. And he had Pokemon in his backpack. And he's like, dude, you got to play this thing. This is going to change your life. And it totally did. Yeah. It was the first, like, thing that I, like, obsessed over. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And, and for me, that was professional wrestling back in, like, 87. I'm not sure the exact. And how old were you in 87? Seven. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, like, that was fourth, fifth grade. So, I, I don't know what I obsessed over, like, fourth, fifth grade. That's, like, what, third, fourth grade? Second. First, second. Uh, yeah, man. I, can you tell? I don't have any kids. I just want to yeah. put that out there. So, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know what I obsessed before that. Well, I so I remember sitting in front of the TV and it came on. It was prime time, WWE prime time. And Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon were there. And Mr. Perfect was on screen, who is my favorite wrestler, him and Razor Ramon, the aforementioned late Razor Ramon. Um, and I just instantly loved it i remember watching it and just being oh okay this is what i like and going to the video stores on the weekends my brother would rent a game or my dad would rent a movie and i would go look for whatever wrestling vhs tapes they had and rent those so i rented a lot of royal rumbles wrestlemanias survivor series 
I was big into it. Um, Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Did you re-rent the same oh, hell WrestleManias? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There so my... it, re-watching it is like a thing for you? Like you're like, this is awesome. This oh, part definitely. coming up is, okay. Yeah. So I was, <laughs> so in preparation, I was looking for timestamps on the matches I'm going to send you. And I started one of them. And I'm like, oh my God, this is good. Like I, I especially like rewatching the stuff from my childhood. Sure. Um, but the, I think the newer stuff, especially the in-ring work is a lot better uh, than what I used to watch. But, I, you know, I'm going to have you kind of look at some old stuff. I'm going to have you look at some new stuff. And all of it good, but for different reasons. Okay. So the first thing we're going to do is vocabulary. So I asked you on the Primer episode if you knew what kayfabe was, and you said no. No, no idea. And of all the wrestling terms in the world, kayfabe is probably the most important one to learn. So back when, uh, you know, I grew up even as a kid knowing that wrestling was a show. But as a kid, you're also really good at suspending disbelief, right? And Sure. And oh, so yeah. Yeah. wrestling is that perfect thing. Like when you're watching G.I. Joe, you don't ever suspend. I mean, you suspend disbelief. But you never actually think that G.I. Joe is real or, you know, you're Optimus right. Prime. Yeah. But in pro wrestling, they're real people. Even to the point where the the performers, so Mr. Perfect, his real name is Kurt Hennig. Everyone would call him Perfect or Mr. Perfect in the locker room. You, That's what you were called. And right. all, all of the history of wrestling really comes back to when wrestling was real, quote unquote. So... Up until about 97, maybe earlier, wrestling, even though people knew it was a show, never was open about it, right? And they started to become open about it about the mid-90s when it really took off and it had its largest boom, its biggest boom period known as the Monday Night Wars. Now, before that, the wrestlers had a lot of terms so they could talk about the stuff that's going on in the back without giving away, if there's any listeners, what's happening, right? Having code for things. So, hey. Okay, I got it. Like locker room talk, but not like, well, more code. Right? You're going like, over tonight. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, you pass by, you don't know what that means. What's it mean he's going over tonight? Um, you know, that sort of thing. So, okay. The word kayfabe is the most important one because it is the word that is. How do I put this? Um, it is the word that represents what is story, right? So okay. if um, you're watching wrestling and one of the wrestling characters has a wife, but in real life, that's not his wife, right? Okay. But on TV, it is. That's his kayfabe wife. Gotcha. Right. So if they're, you know, in a feud, you know, that's kayfabe. So kayfabe kind of, while, again, most people were pretty sure that this was a show, it really became apparent back in the day when, have you heard of the Iron Sheik? Yeah, I've heard of the Iron Sheik. Yeah, yeah. Because the Iron Sheik was like not really Russian or, or whatever, right? No, he's Iranian, I believe. Okay, Iranian. Okay. Um. He was battling Hulk Hogan, and he was very anti-America. The character was, right? Okay. So that he was kayfabe 
not patriotic, right? I gotcha. <laughs> yeah. I gotcha. I so gotcha. Yeah. He was riding in a car with uh Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Any familiarity? No. Okay. But Hacksaw Jim Duggan was like the patriotic guy. It was like him and Hulk Hogan, USA, to the point where Hacksaw Jim Duggan can enter a building filled with thousands of people, put his thumb up, say ho, and everybody in the building will chant USA. That's what Hacksaw, that's how patriotic he was. Well, problem is, is they got pulled over. Iron Sheik, the man who hates America, and Hacksaw Jim Duggan got pulled over in the same car together, and there were a lot of narcotics in the vehicle, right? Uh-huh. And so for the police, that's the big deal. You got narcotics. But for everyone else, it was the fact that why is the Iron Sheik in a cab or a car, in a yeah, car yeah, yeah. with Hacksaw Jim Duggan, right? And so I that gotcha. when kayfabe breaks. So if you hear someone breaking kayfabe, it can also be a term of shoot, which we'll go into later. But that's kayfabe. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, I, I get you. It's like, break, yeah, I, I, that, that makes sense. Yeah, so that's that's the story, the fictional world that wrestling lives in is kayfabe. And I was reading about it, and apparently it's like this weird amalgamation of pig Latin and the words be fake. <laughs> like, of course. Kayfabe yeah. is fake, or actually fake would be. I don't know, but that's what they said. Um but that's what that word means. I didn't know that until I was researching it. So is that okay? So does that get brought up during like like Monday Night Raw at no. all? Okay. So the only time you would hear it, there was a period in time when the, the sort of the curtain was torn and everyone was able to look in the back and insider terms were becoming the norm. Like people okay. knew what they meant a little more. It was around the internet age, right? Because before sure. the internet. You know, if you saw, yeah, yeah. if you saw Hulk Hogan hanging out with, uh, you know, Iron Sheik, you'd be like, "Oh, I got to tell all my friends." But right. you didn't have the internet; you had no way of spreading that news. And so that's kind of when things started up. There were hotlines you could call, and they'd go, "Oh, we heard that WCW <laughs> signed Kevin Nash," you know, and you, oh, okay. Then you got an insider leak when they show up or whatever. Um, and so that's kind of like the whole shell of things that the the world lives in and so there are going to be times where people break kayfabe or maybe pretend to break kayfabe and you you said has the word been used you're not going to hear that word on tv and you shouldn't okay. right that's the whole point is right. that it is more for the people in the back to talk about or if we're having a conversation do you think that was real or do you think that was kayfabe you know what i mean um, right, because some wrestlers actually do hate each other, right? Like, oh. there's some people, right? I, 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 I remember hearing rumor of like, "Hey, this guy's gonna fight this guy," and they actually don't like each other. No one really knows what's gonna actually happen. Oh, we're gonna. And get I, don't, to... I don't know if that's part of part of like the shtick or not. No, well, so there are and there aren't. Right, uh, there are sure. rivalries. Uh, most notably, Bret Hart. Have you heard of him? Yeah, yeah. You better I've, have. I've heard of most of. The, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Shawn Michaels, right? Okay. Um, they had a very tenuous relay. They really hated each other, um, which broke down into the Montreal screw job, which I don't know if you know about, but if not, no. we'll get to that. Okay. Um, that's, that is the best way to describe kayfabe and everything else, but okay. we'll get to it. And it's so well-worn 
that I don't know if I want to spend that much time on it. Like, do go, go do go on a show you and I both listen to. Yeah, yeah, did yeah. an episode on the Montreal screw job. That's how kind of big it was in the wrestling world. Anyway, you know what? I purposely did not listen to that because it was wrestling based. Oh, that episode. I terrible person. You know, I, I well, I'll have to go back now. And yeah, it, it's a good episode, and he talks about kayfabe and gets in. I might have to wait ten weeks, but yeah, I'll yeah, get you, you better. Um. So we know that you were into Pokemon. You didn't get into wrestling. So I wanted to start you off um, with your first homework assignment. It's okay. going to be a match um, between two Mexican greats. And I kind of think it's, I you would think I'd want to start you off with something that is more, uh, you know, like Hogan versus, you know, uh, Iron Sheik or Hogan versus Andre, you know, one of those classic ones. But I kind of want you to have one that you're going to be like, okay, this is an interesting match because it's a match that introduced the American audiences okay. to what's called Lucha Libre. Yeah, Luchadors. Yes. And so oh, I love a good Luchador. Who's the most famous Luchador ever? Uh, Nacho Libre. <laughs> That's a problem. Have you ever heard of Rey Mysterio? Uh, I want to say like that name sounds familiar enough that I've heard it before, but I couldn't tell you. I don't know it, that he's you know. the best, and I don't know that they're the first ones to really introduce it. However, Rey Mysterio is the most important luchador in American wrestling history, in North American wrestling history, in my opinion. And I think okay. most people will agree. And in this match, he's wrestling against the great, late great Eddie Guerrero. Have you heard of Eddie Guerrero? I have not. No, oh, Eddie's awesome. So we're going to deal real quick uh, on the primer. You heard the term baby face. Right. Okay. And uh, I asked you, well, if you're not a baby face, what are you? And you didn't know. Right. So uh, the opposite of a baby face is a heel. Oh, I, I didn't know that. Yeah. So if someone goes from you say that, good yeah. to they bad, turned heel. they've yeah. turned heel. Now in this match, they are wrestling for the Cruiserweight Championship. Now, this is in a company called WCW, World Championship Wrestling. Do you have any familiarity with them? Yeah, I, I'm i kind of familiar with the whole WCW, WWE, like, like NWO, that kind of stuff. Because now, you, you correct me how wrong I am here. Used to be a couple of big wrestling uh, federations or groups, and it kind of dwindled, and now it's kind of growing again, right? Yeah, so I mentioned the new, uh, excuse me, the uh, Monday Night Wars, and that was when this match was taking place. So okay. the Monday Night Wars, like WWE, had kind of been the big guy in town since the 80s, right? Uh, they essentially bought up all these small territories, like wrestling used to be territories, so yeah. if you lived up north, you had a different set of wrestlers. If you lived down south, and uh, there was a governing body called the NWA, uh, National okay. Wrestling Alliance, and everybody, generally speaking, kind of answered to this governing body to have a shared champion. Most notably, Ric Flair was like the most famous. But okay. in New York, where Vince McMahon Sr. was, he sold the company to his son, Vince McMahon as we all now know him, right, and he kind of right. bought up all these territories and made the, not bought up, he bought up their talent and then drove them out of business. Um, the only one that really survived was a company called Jim Crockett Promotions, which became WCW once okay. it was bought by Ted Turner. Okay, yes. Okay. 
And so that's when this match is taking place. Is This is the hottest era in wrestling, is okay. when the ratings were going crazy, everybody watched it. So when I was in middle school, if I went to middle school wearing my Razor Ramon shirt, I got made fun of. And then when I got okay. to high school, everybody had a damn Stone Cold shirt. Everyone oh, right. had an yeah. awesome oh, yeah. 316 316, shirt. baby. Right. And so that's where we are right now. Now, WCW at this time is kicking WWE's butt, right? This is okay. we're just about to get into that Austin era. He's kind of started doing his Austin 316 thing. It's growing in popularity. WWE is catching up. But the as far as this match goes, um, the NWO has already formed, um, okay. but they don't really play much into this role. But the announcers will probably talk about it, and you'll hear it in the background. Uh, do you remember the, the original NWO who's in it? Uh, no. Okay. I do not. So on the Primer episode, you said Hollywood Hogan wears yellow. Yeah. Yes. Wrong, right? So Hulk Hogan wears yellow. Oh, okay. Okay. Hollywood Hogan wears black. Oh, okay. Now, Hulk Hogan is the good guy. He's the baby right, face. Right, 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 right. Hollywood right. Hogan is the heel. When he goes heel. And he runs the NWO along with Scott Hall and Kevin Nash and eventually okay. blows out of proportion. But uh, so, uh, again, in this match, uh, Eddie Guerrero is the champion. He is the cruiserweight champion. You'll see him enter the ring with the belt. And he's wrestling against Rey Mysterio Jr., who's the babyface. Now, in order to get this match, Rey Mysterio is a masked luchador, whereas Eddie is not. And Ray had to put his mask on the line. So to give you an idea okay. of what how serious I, that is. Yes, I, I'm very familiar with the luchador mask thing, right? Like, you're not supposed to take it off, right? Like, right. And yeah. uh, I've, there is a um, an article uh, on mandatory.com. It's written by a guy named Trevor Shack, And he puts it pretty well. Um Okay, so this is from yeah. Mandatory.com. It says, many people point to the luchador mask as being a part, as being a product of Me of Mexico's Aztec heritage. This is because most of the early masks in Mexican wrestling were comprised of colors and symbols that reflected animals, ancient heroes, and gods. The wrestlers would take okay. the role of those characters that were reflected in their mask. In other words, the okay. mask would define how the wrestler acted. They would become the mask. Um, I gotcha. So, again, from Mandatory.com, many luchadors end up taking off their mask in the ring for various reasons. The unmasking of a wrestler often takes place at the end of a wrestling career. Unmasking mm. is not a, not only a sign of loss and sometimes weakness, it's also it also fundamentally changes the way an unmasked wrestler is viewed. This is because the mask comes to define the character that the wrestler is portraying or trying to live up to so when the mask comes off the identity is stripped of him he is no longer who he once was so that's what's on the line for ray mysterio i have seen a meme where there there's two guys wrestling and one of them is wearing a luchador mask and he tries to unmask the guy and as he unmasks him he's wearing a mask underneath the mask oh yeah that's good like mask inception yeah it's good stuff that's yeah, been done yeah, multiple yeah, yeah. times. Um, yeah, like that. I, I I chuckle at that. I find yeah. that amusing. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to send you the information. Uh, everyone can find this on Peacock, but it's also on WWE's official YouTube channel. So you okay. can watch it there. The link is going to be in the description for anyone who wants to watch it at either place. 
And uh, take your time. Here's my okay. only thing. Put your phone away. Right. Oh, okay? for sure. Watch the wrestling match. Follow what the, the announcers are saying. And come back with your opinion. Okay. And uh, we'll get into that once you've had a chance to watch the match in the second half of this episode. Okay, welcome back. Uh, thanks for, I don't know what I did for the break. Could be anything. Fake commercial, who knows? I don't know. Oh, hopefully like a wrestling promo. Oh, hell. For the podcast or something. You can something drive like people that. away no. with ideas like that. <laughs> or at least me doing it. Uh, so now, uh, I don't know if we had talked about this before, but had you ever sat down and watched a wrestling match? I'm sure I have. I actually, a couple of years ago, went, my sister-in-law and her husband took my wife and I out um, to a, like, I don't even know what you call it, but it was a wrestling match. Mm -hmm. um, My wife's brother-in-law had a friend that was in the match, or was, like, wrestling. Oh, nice. So we went and did, so it was kind of like a low-key thing, and we had a blast. So I've seen wrestling matches in person and i'm sure i've watched a show a match or two on tv i couldn't tell you what it was what it's about I, you know i remember one <laughs> we were in indiana visiting my um grandparents and my dad's side of the family they all live over there and there was a wrestling match on and there were two guys holding an, a third guy um as a fourth guy had a um chair and was hitting the guy with a chair and i i remember being like this is awesome and my dad just being like what the hell is this you know and i was very young so like seven maybe eight you know something like that and that's nice. that's all i remember and he had a he had a gash on his thigh the guy who was getting hit with the ladder or the chair and i just remember being like this is I loved it because I was like so interested in this, but it was just so like over the top. I'm curious as to what that match was. Man, I couldn't tell you. I want to say Hulk Hogan was in it. I want, but that's, you know. You you put Hulk Hogan in anything, right? Yeah. That's Hulk Hogan. And that's, and he's in everything, right? Like, he's like, who's the most active wrestler or prolific wrestler of like the TV era? Um, probably. Taker, maybe. Oh, the Undertaker. Okay. Yeah, uh, it's hard to say. Like you're like, who's had the most TV time? I mean, Hogan is up there, but um, it actually is probably John Cena. Honestly. Oh yeah, that saturation yeah, that, has gotten real bad yeah, lately. I so. didn't even think of that. Yeah, you're right. It's got to be Cena. Yeah. Uh, so we watched uh the from 1997 Halloween Havoc WCW. Any familiarity with WCW? Um, just the names, you know, honestly, yeah. like NWO, um, you know, WCW, WWE, WWF, like all those are just like just monikers name, just yeah, that I've heard, I've heard of, you know, well, what wolf they pack, do- you know, stuff like that. Yeah. You mentioned the wolf pack. Did you notice the guy in the front row with the wolf pack the, I did. I did. Yeah. I made a note of it. I said, Hey, I like wolf packs. <laughs> I did. Yeah. So as we talked about, uh, briefly is this match's title. Uh, Eddie Guerrero is the cruiserweight champion versus Rey Mysterio where Rey Mysterio loses. He has to remove his mask. And we did discuss, uh, what that really means. So, uh, on commentary, we had Tony Schiavone, who's one of my favorites. And then my absolute favorite, Bobby, the brain Heenan, as well as Mike Tanay and the legendary dusty Rhodes. 
You're mm. familiar with Dusty Rhodes, right? I am familiar with Dusty Rhodes, yes. How about Bobby the Brain Heenan? Does that mean anything to you? No. I, again, I, I feel like I should have heard it. I, I probably have, but... We'll have to, I, I'll have to find a Heenan uh, managed promo or so, just so you can see, because he's the greatest. I, I remember Mean Gene more. Oh, yeah. That's, and he was on right after the match he talked. And I was like, oh, I know. I knew him. I was. He's very like prolific everywhere. Yeah, Bean Gene's so, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I've seen him in all kinds of stuff. All right. So um, so what are your your thoughts? You, you sat through what is a 15-minute match. Um, so my first question, is that about the average length of a match? Is it 15 minutes about what they're looking for? So um, it depends on the show, right? Uh, the, this was on a pay-per-view. Are you familiar with pay-per-views? Yeah, and so that was my next question was, this is do they do once-a-month pay-per-views, or is it like every two, three months, quarterly? Because I know there's like SummerSlam and there's, I can't think of them off the top of my head right now, but I know there's like big ones that yeah, are pay-per-view, so right? The big ones you know of are all probably WWE. Okay. Um, this is, of course, WCW, and they at this time were doing monthly pay-per-views. This being Halloween Havoc, pretty okay. obviously their October pay-per-view. Right, right, right. Uh, um, but yeah, they do 12 pay-per-views a year at this point. Um, like WWE started off doing four major shows a year which is okay. wrestlemania royal rumble yeah survivor yeah, yeah. series SummerSlam, and then wcw comes along and they are the first like real big competition for wwf at the time and uh the guy who's running the place eric bischoff decides well we're gonna run monthly pay-per-views because that's more revenue and you know and right. that's the way he did it so you'd get four weeks of television you you probably heard them mention it on nitro yeah, uh, right. Like, they, do they have like it's like a Monday Thursday kind of thing, right? Is that right? So at this time, it was just Monday. Okay. Uh, they did have another show called Saturday Night, which used to be their A show, right? Mm. That and then they started Monday Nitro, and that became the A show. And then Saturday Night just kind of was like nobody really watched it. It was just like the bottom of the barrel. Okay. Um, so like you'd get four weeks of TV. And they'd be telling the story between Ray and Eddie in the lead up to it. Like you heard him say, you know, they had three matches before where Ray came out on top or two matches before. Right. Um, and they talked about some of the story. One of the things that I was glad that uh, was on here was Mike Tanay, who there's a point where Bobby Heenan says to Mike Tanay, is there anything you don't know? Yes. I, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. Um, and he knew everything about the luchador and like. Like he, the uh, the butter, he was the butterfly or whatever before or the monarch, something like that. Yeah, a hummingbird. Hummingbird. And, uh, yeah, and he does like he's known as the professor Mike Tanay, and that's he was specifically brought in as Eric Bischoff was bringing in all these international stars to explain those things to us dumb Americans who've only ever seen Hulk Hogan about what is happening in the ring, describing the moves, the history. And I was I was like, man, this is actually a good match to kind of have him there to give you that uh, background and everything because he's really good at it. So I my biggest takeaway from the, the commentators was that, like, the commentator position is super vital. Like, they provide almost all of, like, here's what's going on, why they're fighting for the match or whatever. Yeah. And you're fortunate that this is a really good booth. Um, 
I, I mean, honestly, a four-man booth is a little bit big for me. Uh, I, I prefer a two-man booth or three, depending on the people. So if they got rid of Dusty, who I love, but Dusty doesn't add anything to this. Um, like, I think that because to me, Bobby Heenan is the best color guy. So mm-hmm. they actually have positions similar that you hear in watching a pro football game, right? Joe right, Buck right, is right. your your play-by-play, which would be right. Tony Schiavone in this case. And then Bobby the Brain Heenan and Mike Tanay would be your color commentary guys. Right, right. Um, now, uh, and a lot of times, like we talked about being heel and face, right? Um, right. Some of these commentators can be heel and face. Bobby Heenan spent a lot of his career being a heel commentator. Um, but in this instance, because of the nature of the NWO, basically everyone in the booth is face. It's kind of a unique okay. time because everybody is anti NWO, right? <laughs> Cause mm. they work for the company and NWO are these jerks that are just running and doing whatever they want, you know, that okay. sort of thing. So, um, now we there are moments in this match where Bobby Heenan and, and several of the commentators are like I've never seen that before. They are not lying in this match. Um, okay. Yeah, this is like there's the the most notable one. There's like a springboard, uh, tope hurricane runner or whatever that Ray Mysterio does to the outside, where it almost looks like he messes it up a bit, and then okay. Eddie catches him helps him correct and then flings him around. And it's like, it's a really great moment. Uh, and, and Bobby, he was like, I've never seen that before. And well, and then at one point they do the, one of them does the gory special, which right. was like, yeah, where he like puts them on his back. And I was like, this can't, this is not going to end well for either of these two guys. <laughs> yeah. And, and so this was like for a lot of people, even though these guys have been on Monday night, this was like a clinic in Lucha Libre. Uh, all the high flying stuff there's so many flips and i almost wish i would have just shown you like you know brett versus someone you know just so you can see the difference like the american mat style and then what these guys are doing because they are changing the game in this match all right so then that leads me to my next question at one point one of them says is this was the bet one of the best fights on pay-per-view in history is that true would this have been one of the best fights on pay-per-view? At Probably the time? at that time, because yeah. I'll be honest. Um, I mean, there were great because there were plenty of classic Bret Hart matches. Right. And one thing about this match is it is 15 minutes. And you asked if that's about right. That's about right. That's a long TV match. OK. And a, a normal undercard match for um like a pay-per-view for a pay-per-view like your main events they and again this changes right so the main events nowadays those are like 30, 25 30 minute matches um okay. so this isn't a short match but a lot of people talk about this match just goes there's like no lull a lot of time they do things what are called rest holds where you might right see, where they're yeah tries trying to get their energy back yeah the gory special might have been the closest thing to a rest hold in this match okay um, so I, I think that that's really, uh, for a 15 minute match, every, they did about a 30 minutes match worth of maneuvers in 15 okay. minutes. Like they did not stop. And 
um, Rey Mysterio is just getting beat to hell all over the place. Yeah, that was... I I was trying to predict who was going to win based off of the first like three minutes of the match. And I had picked Rey Mysterio Jr. to win because he was winning at the beginning of the match. Yeah. And I was like, oh, he'll win at the end. So I was like, oh, he'll lose. Like, I... In my mind, I had already been like, there's going to be ups and downs, but whoever wins at the beginning is who's going to win at the end. And I'm going to go with that logic for all of these matches just to see how incorrect how that hypothesis is. There are definitely ebbs and flows, and I think that's very that's a very interesting take to go in. It's like, who's going to win? So, um, so were there any maneuvers or anything that just went, woo, how did they do that or pull that off or... The well, early on in the match, uh, I think Rey Mysterio is the one that gets smashed into the steel steps. Yes, <laughs> I was just like, okay, game over, buddy. Like, <laughs> I was just like, oh yeah, the, yeah, for sure, he's gonna, he's fine. <laughs> no concussion protocol necessary. Oh, that, was that the is first something. Thing. Yeah, we didn't get any chair shots, and yeah. you can guess what a chair shot is. Oh, I well, I, I've seen clips, too, where I know that, <laughs> sorry, to me, it's just so, it's amusing. It's, I'm not making, I'm trying not to make fun of it, because it, it really isn't that I think it's silly. I just, like, this is crazy. I love, I love, like, I love the cheesiness aspect. I, I've seen matches where, like, there's ladders and stuff underneath the ring, where you're oh, just yeah. like, why is there a ladder here? like it just it's or chairs i'm like it's just to me it's so it's comical where i'm like of course there's a chair under there that i'm gonna oh, now yeah. assault you with like of course there is yeah that i mean that's the the suspension of disbelief the things that come along with being a wrestling fan there's yeah. always or, ladders uh, tables and chairs yeah, 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 underneath yeah. the ring always yeah. you know yeah, i love it i love i love that that's like fantastic yeah uh, i thought then, the wa- the walk down was cool too i i don't know oh the entrance yeah, like I, the whole, the hype for it, it's kind of cool because you can just see the crowd gets into it, which is what I think is part of like the fun. Oh, the crowd plays a huge role. And in a couple right. weeks, we're going to get into a match where the crowd is just like making the match. But, um, okay. But did the entrances give you an idea? Like I had given you a prep going in, but watching Eddie and watching Ray come to the ring. Did that kind of prep your mind in any way? Like set the tone? Oh yeah, for what's about it to definitely gave me a good guy, bad guy vibe, right? Like Ray, J- Ray Mysterio is clearly to me the good guy in this scenario. Like he just seems more likable. Eddie just like the long hair. I don't, just everything about him kind of screams like Dick. Yeah, he's awesome. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like so. As you're watching, did you have a favorite? Like, okay, you picked, you, you say, okay, he's the good guy. Ray's going to win. But was there anything in a moment where you're like, damn, I like this. I, I like this guy, this character. I, I, he does a good job of making me not like him. I, I liked Ray Mysterio Jr. because he looked like the Phantom from the movie Phantom yeah. to me. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's like the Phantom. That's cool. I'm, I'm on his, he's my guy. So like, I kind of just naturally was like, oh, he's more colorful. I just liked him more. Yeah. So he's who I rooted for in the beginning. I'll often watch wrestling with my wife, and she will usually select her favorite wrestler based on appearance alone. Like oh, he's he's good looking. Oh, that's yeah. My right. wife is that way. Ray Mysterio is yeah, the only one where she's like, I like him because of how he wrestles, and he's mm. this underdog small guy, and he he's fun to watch. So um, I find that interesting. So we get to 
uh, to use a wrestling term, the finish. The finish is, of course, the end of the match, the final sequence. Uh, oh, before I do, though, the, what did you think about the baseball slide? Uh, so Ray is in what's called the tree of woe. That's when you're hanging upside down in the corner. Okay. And uh, Eddie sl- goes in to decapitate him with a baseball slide. And Ray, t- you know, crunches himself up so that Eddie goes yes. underneath yes, and then yes. beanbags <laughs> yes. himself on the pole. Yeah, that was the other one that I, that was literally the next one I had written after that was like the, the, uh, the slamming into that, that, um, I, again, like I just, it, I liked, I enjoyed that. Um, I, the thing, the one thing with the fight that I was like kind of so-so about was the counting where you're just like, okay, clearly he's not going to get pinned here. It, the counting is just like extravagant with like the ref slamming on the you know, the ground and slamming his arm out and like you're just like you know he's gonna get out of it like it's yeah. never gonna end that easily so I kind of that part of it I was just like oh I could do without that. Welcome to wrestling though, like yeah, that is but, not going to change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I kind of and, and especially the more you watch it, you're like this isn't the finish. Like yeah, you start to know and recognize those patterns of. This this isn't the end. Like I, he's going to kick out of this. Yeah, and uh, they didn't. Neither of them really did any of their finishing moves. Like you're familiar with a finishing move. Like it's it's the one move a wrestler pulls out of their repertoire to end the match. Okay. So like Hulk Hogan had the leg drop, which sucked. But then Jake the Snake Roberts had the DDT, which is awesome. Yeah, I've heard. You know? Yes, yes. Um, and so at one point, Eddie's going to go to the top rope, and you hear Tony Giovanni say, oh, he's going for the frog splash. Right, that but he's is, like too far away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. Eddie's finishing. Like, if he hits okay. that frog splash, it's over. But yeah, what yeah. I like, too, about this match is the finish kind of comes out of nowhere. So Eddie and Ray are on the corner. Ray is facing out towards the crowd as he's straddling the the top rope, and Eddie is on the inside facing in, and he gets uh, Ray in what is called a crucifix power bomb, is what he looks like he's going okay. for, but Ray reverses it into a Hurricane Rana pinning combination, and you get your three count, and that's not his finishing move, right? But it's a spectacular move because it's extremely dangerous, um, like. Ray could have broken his neck on that if one of them messed up. Okay. And you get that great finish and three count. Ray's the champ. His mask is all torn up because throughout the match, Eddie's trying to tear it off. Like, Eddie is that kind of dirty player, right? He's... Yeah. It's like, the rules of the match say, I take your match off if I... Your mask off if I win. But Eddie's like, bump that. I'm well, taking so it off now. <laughs> I thought that he might actually have taken it, gotten to take it off. I for a minute I was like, oh, he's gonna he because you had selected this. I thought, oh, maybe he gets to demast in this match. So I really what did think that that could be was a possibility. So yeah. that was always there for me. I really did think like, oh, he could get like unmasked, and this could be some new thing. Yeah, and for me as a, the first time watching, I'm like, man. Eddie's an asshole, like because he's he's tearing at the match. He's not he's not obeying the rules. Like you don't get to unmask him in the match, and he's trying to. What a jerk, you know. And um, so that that's kind of how I I felt about that. So uh, Ray wins. He's got the the cruiserweight title. He's talking into the camera, giving his heartfelt speech. 
when out of nowhere comes Eddie again, blasts him in the back of the head, dumps him out of the ring. Sore loser. Yeah, that was. I thought there might be have been more after that, but he just kind of takes his uh his belt and just like walks away. Yeah, yeah. Well, because Ray is <laughs> Ray is pretty well beaten up. Yeah. Like, I mean, I one of the things I like about the match is is because the finish kind of comes out of nowhere. Eddie's in a much better shape at the end of the match, right? He's not mm. as beaten up. He pretty much dominates this match, and then yeah. Ray comes out of nowhere with a maneuver that that closes the the door you know one mistake so um now famously the the or not famously you wouldn't know this but uh the most famous wrestling journalist is a guy by the name of dave Meltzer, and for a long time he gave matches one to five stars um and i i probably should have looked up what he gave this but i just don't care uh what he (laughs) gives it what i want to know is on a scale of one to five, how would you rank this match? So if I set three as my medium where I'm like, uh, could give or take, I would give it a four. I give it a four, two, four point two, four point two. Yeah. All right. Let me write that down. We'll keep that in mind uh, going forward. I'll tell you what it did do, though. I continued to watch after the match. Right. I watched Mean Gene and then I watched that clip of Hulk and whoever the owner is. Uh, talking smack about how Hulk would not fight in the fight that night. Yeah. I watched all of that because I was just like, oh, yeah, this is like one of those promo things. Um, and then I skipped forward to the end of the um, uh, Hollywood Havoc or um, uh, Halloween Havoc. Yeah. Uh, because I wanted to see if they were going to fight, and they did. And I watched some of that. I did watch like uh, oh. a couple minutes of that just to see like what was going on. So the and promo hooked you because you it, it did a little, <laughs> yeah. Well, I was like, oh, they're gonna fight because it's Halloween havoc. It's like their big thing. Of course, they're gonna fight. People paid for this. They better right. fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, I did scroll through it and I watched a little bit of it, and then I watched the very last like I don't know two or three minutes where things just got crazy, <laughs> like just insane. I was like, oh, okay, I should probably watch the whole thing to get the concept of it, but I did not. But yeah. it did, and I was like, "Oh, what is? What else is on this?" Because I, I just assumed this was a big pay per view match, so it was probably pretty decent. Well, you'd be surprised, Hulk. As big as Hulk Hogan is, that mofo could not wrestle. He can't. He's garbage. That well, he didn't said, win, so yeah. <laughs> well, I don't mean from a winning, because you know, winning and losing is determined by right, the, right. the booker, the the head guy, but. So, like, Ray and Eddie, one thing I think you'll learn or hope to learn watching this is there are some people who are good at telling a story in the ring, putting together a match. And I think Eddie and Ray told a story in this match, right? Like, Yeah, I get that. I totally get that. Whereas Hogan doesn't know how to. He's <laughs> garbage. Um, anyway, that's my personal opinion on uh, Hulk Hogan. So... That, that's week one in the books. You learned about kayfabe. You watched Eddie and Ray, your first match. Gave it a four, uh, 4.2 stars out of five. Um, so we will be back next week for a new word, a new match, and uh, we'll see if uh, Elliot is willing to come back again. <laughs> so far, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, we'll see you guys next week. <laughs>